Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Thanks for spending it with us here on Outkick. And uh, we completed last night, for those of you who may have gone to bed a little bit early, or maybe you stayed up and then uh, just found something else to do, because it wasn't necessarily the most exciting game of all time, but... The Philadelphia Eagles hosted the Washington Redskins, and effectively the Washington Redskins season came to a halt, a screeching halt, if it hadn't already. And uh, meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles still alive to be able to win the NFC East as they get ready to go on the road this coming weekend with the Dallas Cowboys. But let's begin with tonight's, uh, last night's results. And in particular, uh, Carson Wentz came out, was fine, You feel like if you are an Eagles fan, as mediocre as the performance has been so far this year, the Eagles are now sitting at 6-6. and And this is a team that I think it's eminently reasonable to believe could win the NFC East. They will go on the road. They can catch up with the Cowboys this coming coming weekend. And this is the final four games for the Philadelphia Eagles. They go to the Cowboys. Cowboys are around a four-point favorite in that game on uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, then uh, they go on the road against the Rams. It's a very difficult game. Then they get the Texans, another very difficult game. 
and uh, then they finish against the Redskins. So I think the likelihood is that they're going to go 7-9. and nine. Personally, if I'm betting on the way that the Eagles are going to finish this season, I think they'll lose to the Cowboys. I think they will lose to the Rams. I think they will lose to the Texans. And I think they will beat the Redskins to finish out the season. So I still don't believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are likely to make the playoff. But for the Washington Redskins, this is brutal. Uh, they lost Alex Smith to a broken leg. At the time that they lost Alex Smith to a broken leg, they were sitting at 6-3 and three and felt pretty good, pretty comfortable about their spot at the top of the NFC East. They lose Alex Smith and lose a very close game to the uh, Houston Texans. Then they lose to, uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and now they've lost to the Eagles. They finish with, uh, let's be honest, uh, a game against the Giants. Who knows what's going to happen now that Mark Sanchez is a starting quarterback. Then they finish on the road against the Jags, on the road against the Titans, and they finish another game against the Eagles that they get to play at home. It wouldn't stun me at all if the Redskins lose out. Now, here's the other thing about the Redskins and something that I think is intriguing what are they going to do at quarterback? Are they really going to go with Mark Sanchez for the final four games of the season? I can't believe I'm going to break the glass here and say it, but if you consider the way that the Redskins were received when they took Reuben Foster off of waivers in the wake of his arrest for another domestic uh, violence incident with his girlfriend, is there any play at all here if you are the Washington Redskins to go ahead and sign Colin Kaepernick, maybe then you can go out and even sign Kareem Hunt too and say you are the franchise that embraces fresh starts for everyone. The reason why I raise that as an issue, at a minimum, the Redskins are going to have to draft a quarterback in the first round, I believe, with their draft pick this year because you've got Colt McCoy with a broken leg. It's unlikely that he's going to be 100% healthy by the time the season starts in September even if you believed that he was the future of your franchise. Alex Smith had a devastating broken leg that was even worse. It looked like a worse break. In other words, not a clean break than the uh, the injury that Colt McCoy got. So if your top two quarterbacks are both coming off broken legs, it seems unlikely to me that you would anticipate them being ready for the first game of the season in September or certainly ready in the preseason. Now, maybe the Redskins are convinced that Mark Sanchez is going to be their quarterback of the future. I'm just saying that, kind of tossing it out as a, as a little bit of a wild uh, a statement, but maybe that's what they believe. Uh, more likely than not, I believe they're going to have to go out and make a move in the quarterback market in addition to drafting somebody in the first round, probably. They may well have to go out and sign a veteran, and it's not like there are any veterans available that you feel really that strongly about. Uh, and and so I think the, uh, the Washington Redskins are in dire straits here when you think about what makes sense for them for the final four games of the season, which is why, look, I, I, I don't say this lightly, but I really genuinely feel like maybe the decision could be made to consider Colin Kaepernick here just because I don't know what other quarterbacks are available that they could bring in, and if they did it, then it would make Dan Snyder suddenly, he would go from pariah for claiming Reuben Foster to a saint overnight in the eyes of the media, and maybe that's something that matters to him, because Dan Snyder's uh, press coverage has typically been brutal, 
everybody has hated him in the D.C. area because he's never had very much success as the owner of the Washington Redskins. Kareem Hunt went through and cleared waivers, but if you are the Redskins and you're trying to look down the road towards your future, what if in one fell swoop you sign Kareem Hunt because you're going to eventually need, I know they have Darius Geis who's uh, injured, but you're going to eventually need another running back at least. Uh, Darius Geis may or may not be back to 100% for the start of the season in September. You can always use more than one running back. What if they went and got Kareem Hunt, they took Reuben Foster, and the reason why they were able to take those guys with off-the-field-related incidents is because they also went and signed Colin Kaepernick. You may think I'm crazy. You may think I'm crazy like a fox. I think that's the way you have to think at this point if you are Dan Snyder and your season has basically blown up with back-to-back broken legs at the quarterback position. I think this is the time where everything has gone awry and maybe you're a little bit desperate. Now, maybe he doesn't. I don't even know who else, what other quarterbacks are on the roster for the Redskins at this point. I know that Mark Sanchez can't be your longtime fix at the quarterback position. You really, I think if you're a Redskins fan, probably want them to go ahead and lose out because you want to be as high up in the first round as you can be. And I think you're almost entirely positively going to have to go out and draft a quarterback in the first round. And who that quarterback is and whether he's ready to play starting week one seems like a, uh, a risky proposition, uh, particularly because you're coming off with, uh, with two injuries. And frankly, you may like a quarterback better who you know is not going to be ready for week one. I, mean, I think it's fair to say that the Baltimore Ravens knew that Lamar Jackson was unlikely to be ready for week one, and so they felt comfortable taking him because they already had a Joe Flacco. The Redskins really don't have that luxury unless you legitimately believe, and I think that's uh, that's really, really optimistic, that there's any way both these guys, Colt McCoy and Alex Smith, coming off of broken legs, are going to somehow be ready for the start of the uh, of the season come September, not to mention in the preseason and everything else when the offense is being installed. So the Redskins season has completely gone up in smoke. It is an utter disaster now, and I'm not sure how you, uh, how you handle it. Now, I said yesterday we would talk about the overall playoff picture once the NFC uh, was, uh, was clear, finished with Week 12. We had to wait for Monday Night Football. The AFC is really messy the NFC, I'm not sure that it is because there, frankly, aren't that many teams that are in the mix to be able to make the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the NFC, uh, right now the Rams are the number one seed, the New Orleans Saints are the number two seed, and there's a pretty substantial gap after those two teams, which right now would get buys and be able to have home field for the divisional round of the playoff games. Chicago Bears sitting at 8-4. and four. Not sure very many people believe in the Chicago Bears, even though they're right now they're the top of the NFC North. But I'm also not sure anybody else can catch them because Minnesota Vikings are a couple games back. But let's continue. The Dallas Cowboys sitting at 7-5. and five. All right, they've got a, a big game for first place in their division against uh, the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles coming up this weekend. Uh, we've got the Seattle Seahawks sitting at 7-5 and five at the top of the wild card. And then you got the Minnesota Vikings sitting at 6-5-1. and one. And then the Carolina Panthers are 6-6. Six and six. They've lost four games in a row. They're a half game out of the wild card. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are 6-6, six and six, uh, and they are in the mix for the wild card. And like we said, the Washington Redskins, who I don't believe are going to be able to finish very strong at all, 
are sitting at six and six. Maybe even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at five and seven are even in this playoff mix because I think eight and eight might get you the final uh, NFC wildcard bid. I think maybe even seven and nine could be in play before all is said and done uh, because a lot of these teams that are in the playoff mix have very difficult games coming up. Uh, we know that Minnesota and Seattle are playing this weekend coming up. That's the two teams at the bottom of the wild card race. One of those teams is going to lose. Uh, and even the one that wins is not going to be that great a shape. And uh, and the Carolina Panthers, like I said, they've lost four in a row. The Eagles and the uh, and the Cowboys, whoever doesn't win the NFC East, might still be in great shape to make a uh, wild card run either way, depending on how things shake out. So that is where we are in the NFC in the wake of the final game of the uh, of the twelfth uh, game of the NFL season. So we turn our attention towards uh, week 13. We will bring in our guy Charles Davis here on the backside of uh, this segment, and we'll have him uh, kind of walk us through what he saw as, uh, as uh, the major storylines of the 12th game of the uh, NFL season as we now have finished 75% of the regular season, and everybody turns toward the, uh, the final four games. Uh, but again, you may think I'm crazy. We'll take some calls on this probably in hour two. Is it a wild idea of mine if you are the Washington Redskins and you have been under siege for your claim of Reuben Foster, if you went ahead and said, you know what, we'll claim Kareem Hunt too and we'll go grab Colin Kaepernick, wouldn't signing Colin Kaepernick basically protect the Washington Redskins from any criticism for going after these guys with domestic violence past because you say, look, we believe in fresh starts here with the Washington Redskins, and uh, I think most people would say, you know what, they're signing Colin Kaepernick. I don't think you'd get that much attention elsewhere. It reminds me, honestly, of what happened with Urban Meyer when he was with the Florida Gators. He had Tim Tebow, and because he had Tim Tebow, nobody paid attention to all of the other craziness, all of the arrests, all the violence, everything else that was running awry at the Florida Gators because Tim Tebow soaked up all the media atmosphere and attention and Tim Tebow was such a saint. I think Colin Kaepernick would do the same thing. Now, I'm not sure that the Redskins would make that move, but I do know there aren't very many quarterbacks available who would make very much sense. I guess you could sign Nathan Peterman. Uh, I think he's still floating around out there. Uh, We'll discuss, uh, and I'll bring it up with Charles Davis when we return. In the meantime... A lot of you starting out your day, and you know one of the most important things you do when you start out your day? Take care of your teeth. Uh, Quip was designed to make uh, brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. They are a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. They have sensitive sonic vibrations that are gentle enough for your sensitive gums. One of the big problems is that people brush too hard, and uh, some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive. That's taken care of because there's a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping guide a full and even clean. 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. That's why Quip can take care of you with their timer. Plus, it declutters your cabinet and makes traveling with an electric toothbrush easier. They don't require a clunky charger, and they run for three months on just one charge. Brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. Why, uh, why is that important? Because three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association 
with thousands of verified five-star reviews. I love Quip, and they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals for this reason. And they start at just 25 bucks. You can go to getquip.com slash clay right now. You get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P slash clay. That's getquip slash clay. Up next, Charles Davis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping would be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We bring in now my guy Charles Davis. He's at CFD22. He joins us every single Tuesday morning, break down everything that happened, uh, and we've got a lot to get to. Uh, but first, uh, right off the jump here, um, Charles, what would you do if you were the Washington Redskins? You're sitting now at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, you have lost two quarterbacks to broken legs, Colt McCoy and Alex Smith. Expectations would be those guys are going to have long off-season recoveries, whether they're ready even at the beginning of September, I think is a legitimate question. I'm not a doctor, but it seems like it's it's unlikely that either one of those guys would be 100% by then. Mark Sanchez is your quarterback right now. You have to probably draft a quarterback, I would think, in the first round there's not really anybody in the free agent market that you could sign that looks like they could be a, a big-time playmaker. I said if I were, and, and I say this as a guy who understands how controversial he is, if I were uh, a Dan Snyder right now, I would 100% consider and explore signing Colin Kaepernick uh, to compete with Mark Sanchez to see how he can do in the final four games of the season. They've already signed Reuben Foster. You know how controversial that was. You could maybe even go out and pick up Kareem Hunt if you did this because you could argue, hey, you are a franchise that believes in fresh starts. You're not going to prejudge anybody based on what they did beforehand. What would you do if you were Dan Snyder? Is my idea crazy? Your idea is not crazy, Clay. You're right. Here's the thing. Colin Kaepernick should have been signed before Mark Sanchez. Yep. I mean, this is... You know, if you're gonna, if you're willing to sign Reuben Foster, there's no argument in my mind that you can sign Reuben Foster and that's okay. But we don't want to touch Colin Kaepernick. Right. You you, you voided your own argument. I I I agree 100 percent with you. Totally voided your own argument. Okay. Look, I'm I'm all for everyone having their own opinions and beliefs and convictions, and I and I won't fight with teams that say, listen. I'm not signing Kaepernick because, in my mind, I believe this. Okay, I don't agree with them, but that doesn't mean that they can't have their own opinion about the whole thing. All right, I see it as a different thing than than they do. But if you're going to sign Reuben Foster, which to me is absolutely ludicrous, right from the jump, and the way that they handled it was ludicrous, and for this reason, if you're going to sign Reuben Foster. You better have someone out in front, and this is not a criticism of Doug Williams because I know Doug and consider him a very good friend, but that was not his role to be out front and be the spokesperson for signing Reuben Foster. Zero doubt. All right? I mean, Clay, you and I have been in this position many different times, right? 
and we've seen who gets trotted out in front. You don't trot out the person that's not your PR person. You don't trot out a guy just on a basic level in a hoodie nope. to answer questions about domestic no. violence, no. right? Just, I mean, that's just, just like it's just it doesn't matter slick, who the person is. I don't care if it's the slickest talker going. I don't care if it's the if it's the winner of the Harvard debate competition. You don't trot them out like that. They better be out there in the coat and the tie and 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 have some gravitas to the situation. So moving on past that, yeah, and at this stage, you know, whoever you sign. You just have to expect minimal deal. You're trying to get someone who can get you in and out of the huddle and get you up the line of scrimmage and run something of a semblance of an NFL-looking play because who can absorb a playbook at this point? Who can do all these things? I mean, I can't believe on a football level what Washington has absorbed and are in the position that they are in in terms of injuries and still in a position where they, they, they might have an effect on the playoffs, let alone absolutely make the playoffs themselves. I mean, if they I'm went, not sure we believe it, but it, for, yeah. for them now, because of all. But just to get to this point, people, it, just, just go back and Google their transactions and injuries this year and ask yourself, how in the heck did they win as many games as they did? If they went 2-2, two and two, they would find themselves potentially in the playoff race as a wildcard team. 100%, right? If you look Absolutely. at the NFC, if you look at the NFC playoff race. Okay, you'll like this analogy, I think. The the Kaepernick analogy I was using was you're in Florida. You know what happened when Urban Meyer had Tim Tebow. Yeah. There was all sorts of arrest, uh mis uh, misbehavior, uh you know, downright uh like an absolute almost uh I'm trying to think of like a a prison asylum almost, right? <laughs> like you had all sorts of craziness going on. There, there, the was media, a certain, there was a certain lawyer, if you remember correctly, yeah, that, there was, that, that, that got plenty of business during that. That he was the team lawyer yes. without being called the team lawyer, right? He was the guy that every time something happened, he was the one making the statement about what happened with that player, right? There are a lot of teams that have everyone's a got top, their, everyone's top got their echelon, yes, yeah. uh, criminal justice attorney on yeah. on retainer in the uh, in in their different cities, but the media was, and I think fans as well disguised because Tim Tebow was such a saint that it was like all of his uh, media coverage kind of blanketed over the Gators. And as a result, you didn't notice everything else that was going on because Tim Tebow soaked up so much of the media oxygen and attention, and he was a saint, right? I think that there there was that element, right? No, no, no. I mean, I, I think there's an element of that that would come for the Washington Redskins and help to cover up the decision that they made with Reuben Foster. Heck, I think they could even go and sign Kareem Hunt if they signed Colin Kaepernick because all the oxygen would go to Cap. Yeah, and and the crazy part is what Cap is going through and why he's not playing <laughs> versus yeah. what we're talking oh, about yeah. with other There's people. There's no doubt. There, there's zero doubt. Like, if you had to choose, like, you, you said this off the bat, once you decide to sign Reuben Foster, who's arrested again for domestic violence, you have broken the glass on controversial signings, right? Like, and if there's anybody out there right now who believes, you know what, I think that Reuben Foster or Kareem Hunt or any of those guys are more controversial than Colin Kaepernick would be, I think you're crazy, right? I think most reasonable fans would agree that Ka- that Kaepernick – pales in comparison to the decisions of Reuben Foster and potentially Kareem Hunt. I, a guy doesn't play in the league because of a belief in our system that, that needs help. And other guys are getting signed that are breaking laws of our country. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a total – I'm with you. I mean, there's a totally – once you made the decision – and I understand with you too. Look, I understand certainly the owners who say, you know what, I don't want anything yeah, don't controversial want associated with my team at all. And they, That's they, at least consistent that right. logic. Yeah, listen, they have that right to, to have their belief that that person is not who I want in my organization. But don't try, don't try that at me and then sign Greg Hardy. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't yeah. do that to me. Okay, don't tell me you believe this part and then sign a guy who, who not has only been accused of domestic violence. You pretty much believe that it happened. Okay, we've got Kareem Hunt now with the video. He's got a lot to work through, to put it mildly. Okay, so if I see him being signed and our people, and, and Ka- you know, we can go on and on. And I hate to always have Kaepernick loom over it, but in this situation, the best quarterback out there that we know that has played in the league would be him. He hasn't played in a while, but heck, the idea that you signed Mark Sanchez, but we don't now know on Colin Kaepernick, you're kidding me, right? He, here Mark are Sanchez the quarterbacks. Hasn't proven anything in for, forever, and that's not again not a slam. That's just fact. He here are the quarterbacks that are that are free agents right now. If you are the Redskins, EJ Manuel, TJ Yates, Kellen Clemens, Josh Johnson, Nathan Peterman, maybe Matt Moore. Paxton Lynch. I mean, there there is not much out there in terms of reclamation projects that you could. And again, the Redskins don't just have to think about these four games. Yep. They got to think about the offseason because these guys with the broken legs, it seems to me, are unlikely to be ready to play almost such that the Redskins are basically yeah, guaranteed to take a quarterback in the first round. You're in the full quarterback market now. You're absolutely yep. in the full quarterback market. And every one of those names that you just listed, Clay, there's not a single one of them that you would look at, say Paxton Lynch, that you would say, hey, not only could we sign him in the offseason, he possibly could be the quarterback of our future. And the right. only reason I put Paxton Lynch in there is that when he came out of school, he was acknowledged by the league, okay, consensus, likely first-round draft pick, right? Doesn't mean that it's always correct. You and I both know that, and, and I'm in the business of, of, of going through the NFL draft every year, and if you list all the guys that I liked that didn't make it, it'd be a pretty long list. You'd also have a list of guys that I liked that did make it. That's the way the draft goes, okay? You're not going to get them all correct. Look, every year when teams draft, Clay, if they hit on 40% of their draft choices, they had a heck of a year drafting. Right. All right, that's a good year. When I say hit, I mean make the team, contribute to the team, etc. Obviously, the higher you draft, the more you're expecting out of a player. Paxton Lynch is an absolute bust because he didn't make it. No one's picked him up, and he's still young. That's the only reason I list him as a potential. But out of all that list, you would have to include him in there as you're thinking to yourself, no chance does he pilot my team down the road. You're just trying. Those guys are stopgaps at best, all right, period. Stop gaps at best. Not a single one of them that you would think going forward. And to your point, for Washington, whoever's in their player personnel department, it is quarterbacks, 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 college guys. Obviously, you mentioned the free agents. That doesn't sound like a very good list. Is there anyone in Canada who's real good right now? I mean, yeah. that's where you're going. I mean, you're going there. Can Dieter Brock come back and play? I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's where they are. And, and it's so unfortunate because I've seen that team up close and personal this year. They have battled so hard to be in this spot. They've taken some bad losses and bounced back with some incredible wins. They never should have really been in this spot based off of all these injuries, yet they are. So to me, that team's done yeoman's duty just to have this conversation. Uh, 
One of the things that I think we grapple with on a regular basis in sports is what are the limits of redemption? What can you do that you are not allowed to come back from? Are there any such things? Um, And I I think it's a larger societal issue, certainly, that gets asked all the time because there are many out there who have made substantial mistakes, particularly when you're young. Kareem Hunt, you saw the video. Um, He has cleared waivers. He has not been picked up. He did his interview with Lisa Salters, the sit-down. What would you advise him going forward? And if you were an NFL team, how would you make a decision about him? Well, one... You know, I think we. Heard, I saw the Lisa Salters interview. I heard the reporting later in the game, which kind of hit at an odd time to, for that story. The game was like a one-score game. Oh, and, and I'm curious, by the way, last night. Um, yeah. It just seemed everyone, like an odd think, time to hit it. That's yeah, all. everyone. I, I'm not saying what they're saying or what they're doing because, look, I am, those, I am those guys, Clay. Those yes. are my peers. So this is not a criticism. It just seemed like an odd time to, to have an in-depth conversation about that that particular case and, of course, Reuben Foster. But for me, you know, they, they did report that Bruce Allen, is. it feels like he's doing, done an extensive dive. And essentially what I heard, tell me, if, tell me if, I, if you think I heard this correctly, what I heard is that Bruce Allen has done his homework, and he's the president of, of, of Washington. He's done his homework, and... It's not what it appears to be, and he has more information that we don't have. Did yes. I hear that correctly? I think I think that's the way that I took it. And look, I, I am. I, this is me putting my lawyer hat on. Yeah. One of the things that troubles me in our society today is that we take a lot. We take very strong and aggressive positions before we know all the facts that have come out. Yeah. And all we know about the Reuben Foster case in general is that back in May, this woman admitted that she had totally made up. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But she told authorities, you know what, I made up everything surrounding the allegations that I made against him in May. So if she would do that in May, yep. why do we assume that suddenly in November she is going to be a paragon of virtue when it comes to speaking to authorities and making accusations against Reuben Foster? Now maybe, look, maybe yep. Reuben Foster is an awful guy. Maybe everything is, that she said is true from the get-go and she changed her mind for a reason that a lot of people do who are in domestic violence because they're in love with uh, the person who is uh, is victimizing them. Maybe that's true. But maybe it's also true that this is just a toxic relationship and that these two people should never be around each other and they're constantly creating drama, some of which is real, some of which is not. There are a lot of people out there right now who have been around a couple that should have never been together and they just create disaster everywhere they go and maybe that's what's going on with this couple. So that seems to be the story that we were told last night as to why the Washington Redskins made the decision that they did. It certainly sounds, you know, zero to dispute that. I just kept what I heard is what I said before. He feels like he has more information than we do, and almost like, and there'll be a big reveal about that later. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of yes. those things. And we do know that they said so he did not sign him for this year because he's on the commissioner's exempt list, right? So he can't play anyway. This is sign him, go through the process. Find out everything that's going on, and if it's anywhere in the realm of what you just described, maybe he's going to be available to play next year, and hopefully he gets his personal life in order where that drama goes away. I think for San Francisco, it wasn't just that there was an allegation. I think underlying, and I'm saying this without anyone from San Francisco talking to me or me talking to them, but to go through all that previously, right, and then 
as you noted, she said, okay, it didn't happen that way, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. He still gets the two-game suspension. He goes through all that. It's the same woman. (laughs) I mean, what? Ruben, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's the same woman. You're still doing the same thing, still dealing with the same stuff as before. It makes it hard to believe in you all the time, right? It makes it hard to keep going back, right? You know, so so you know, if if you were if I were a bad stand-up comedian, it's like the Chris Rock talking about, you know, <laughs> what he talked about. It's OJ with another woman. Oh, I know what you're thinking. I didn't really do it. Yeah, we're gonna believe that. No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that, that's what makes it very, very difficult. And I'm with you. You're a lawyer. You know these things way better than the rest of us do. Sports doesn't get judged on legal terms like life does. And that's where we run into all this. Sports gets judged at a whole different level. And you know this because you live in both worlds. When you talk to people about certain things legally, it's probably very clinical they're almost dispassionate in the conversation. Oh, okay, I see that. I see where you're coming from, Clay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, blah, blah. You add in a player like Reuben Foster, you add in a team, that dispassion becomes passion. And, they, and when you say, hey, you know, legally, he's, oh, no, he's not, right? How many times How many times that happened in your conversations? Oh, yeah, all the, the time. The fight kicked in then, right? Yes. Whole different ball game. And so sports is just judged differently. It's just the way it is, and... I know a lot of it comes from the root of people, and this is not an accusation. This is just real. Hey, sports is something we all would rather be doing, and it's viewed as a game, not as a true life calling. So you get judged differently, and, you know, it's a privilege to play this game. You should be doing this, 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 and this. Well, it's a privilege to go to work every day. It's a privilege to be married every day. It's a privilege to do all these things every day, but you don't judge it the same way. You had a couple of the last question for you, and I'll give you a two-parter here to close out with us. And we're talking to Charles Davis. Go follow him at CFD22. He's fantastic. He's been getting up with us all uh, early in the morning, all uh, year long. Uh, Bears uh, and Giants, you had that game. How ominous is it for Bears fans, the way that they performed? I know that Mitch Trubisky wasn't playing, but Chase Daniel, what did you see there? And also, you have Falcons Packers coming up. How in the world do you prep for that game, given the firing of Mike McCarthy and all of the off-field drama associated with it? Uh, two easy ones for you to close out there. Yeah, yeah. For, for the Bears, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't take it too far. My question would just simply be, how hurt is Mitchell Trubisky? You're going to find that out. And you know, the indication we got was that if it would have been a playoff game last week, there's a very good chance he would have played. Okay, so they wanted to make sure he was totally healthy. We see this all the time. Heck, the New Orleans Saints laid a big egg in Dallas. Dallas played really well. But teams on streaks, eventually they come to an end. Someone jumps you, off you go. The beauty for the Bears, no blood that week, right, Clay? Everyone yeah. in their division lost. Yeah. So, so that helped them significantly in terms of that. But the Rams come to town on Sunday night. That's where, that's where it gets real. That's where we'll find out more about them. I think they'll be back on the beam and play better because their defense is pretty good. The Packers... Getting ready for that one is just simply going into me, eyes wide open, meeting with the new coach, who is Joe Philbin, who's been around the block, and you know, trying to get a sense and a pulse. Hopefully we'll be able to talk to Mark Murphy, the president, talk with, 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 with Brian Gutekunst, the GM, and get a pulse and a sense about, okay, you made the decision. 
obviously you have something in mind, not necessarily who the next coach is, but what needs to happen in this organization to go forward and see what they tell us because that's going to be a bigger narrative in a lot of ways than the actual game itself because both of these teams now are pretty much out of the playoffs. No doubt at all, Charles Davis. It's always outstanding at CFD22. We will follow on Twitter. We will follow you. uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Clay. Take care. Bring in uh, Eddie Garcia. Let me find out what's shaking in the world of sports, my man. All right, Clay, we got a Geico scoreboard. Monday night football in Philadelphia. Eagles over the Redskins, 28-13. Carson Wentz for Philadelphia over 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. Both teams are now 6-6 six and six on the season. Redskins going forward will have Mark Sanchez as their quarterback because Colt McCoy, their starter, suffered a broken leg at the end of the first quarter. He's done for the year. He had recently replaced Alex Smith, who was out for the year with a broken leg as well. A couple of quick games in the NBA. Warriors over the Hawks, 128-111. to Steph Curry, 30 points in the win for Golden State and the Nuggets beat the Raptors 106-103. Nikola Jokic with a triple-double for Denver. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists. Denver is tied with the Clippers with the top record in the West. They beat the Raptors on the road who have the top record in the NBA. This support brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Good stuff as always. We are indeed here at the Geico Outkick Studios. When we come back, I put up a poll question and I'm curious to, to, to share this with you. Would you be okay with your team sign, signing Kareem Hunt? 30,000 of you voted. What were the results? I'll tell you next on Outkick, the coverage. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by MyBookie.net. Football is coming down the home stretch. It's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. We are off and running here, finishing off hour one. I'm going to go ahead and tell you to line up the phone lines. Uh, I'm going to go to your calls at the start of hour two, 877-996-6369. Going to talk about this issue a little bit more because I think it's the top of mind for many different uh, NFL fans and certainly for football fans in general, and it's Kareem Hunt. Uh, I asked the question yesterday, and you can go vote in this poll question if you scroll down uh, and find my name at Clay Travis. Uh, And this is what I put on Twitter. Kareem Hunt is on waivers and won't play for the rest of the year. But would you be okay with your favorite NFL team claiming him to play uh, to plan to use him next year? So he's out for the rest of this year. Your team would be grabbing him to use potentially next year after his punishment is served. Nearly 30,000 of you voted in this poll. 53% of you said yes. 47% of you said no. And uh, and we were talking about this just with Charles Davis. I am of the opinion, having watched the video and everything else, that if you need a running back and you believe that Kareem Hunt, when you do your due diligence, that there are no other major issues in his background, which I think is significant, and in meeting with him, if he were willing to agree to you that he would be a, a part of a zero-tolerance concept. In other words, if you do anything at all, you're immediately gone. I think I'd sign Kareem Hunt. And I don't say that because I don't think that domestic violence is an awful thing or that violence is is not to be frowned upon. There are a lot of guys in the NFL right now who have done worse things than Kareem Hunt. The Cincinnati Bengals have a running back, Joe Mixon, who broke a woman's, a, a college girl's face on video at Oklahoma. 
the Kansas City Chiefs still have Tyreek Hill on under contract, and he beat a pregnant his pregnant girlfriend and strangled her. And he's playing in the NFL right now. What I saw Kareem Hunt do was not good behavior, but it was nowhere near what those two guys did, and they're in the NFL, and they're going to be playing on Sunday. And that doesn't even consider Greg Hardy. That doesn't even consider a lot of guys over the past several years who have behaved in a thoroughly indefensible fashion and have not hardly missed any games at all. I mean, when I watched that video, Kareem Hunt shoves a guy and the guy rams into the girl and then he kicks the woman uh, in her leg, I believe, while she's laying on the ground. Awful behavior. I'm not trying to defend it. But the way I think as a lawyer is everything is a precedent. And if the precedent is Joe Mixon can play in the NFL even though he broke a girl's face on video and Tyreek Hill can play in the NFL even though he beat and strangled his pregnant girlfriend, to me, Kareem Hunt is nowhere near either of those things and neither one of those guys has ever missed an NFL game for their misbehavior. Now, their misbehavior happened when they were in college and certainly they paid consequences for that behavior in college. But we're talking about a team picking up a guy after something bad has already happened. Kareem Hunt has paid a price. He's been released by his team, and he's not allowed to play the rest of this year. He's going to have a suspension that he has to serve. At some point, he is able to come back. And if I needed a running back, and again, I had done the due diligence, and I convinced myself that what Kareem Hunt had done was an aberrant behavior, that he was going to be better in the future, that he was okay with the zero-tolerance policy for his behavior going forward, I would sign him in a heartbeat. I would. Now, maybe that's unacceptable to some of you. I'll open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Interested in hearing you guys weigh in. We'll start off hour two discussing this Kareem Hunt incident and what the appropriate response is from both individual teams and the NFL. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked, go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals. Untuckit.com, your solution to perfecting casual. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, for 20% savings. For those of you waking up, appreciate you joining us for hour two of the show. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss anything from hour one. Charles Davis was outstanding. In hour three, we'll be talking with Petros Papadakis. Um, last night, the final game of the 12th game of the NFL season, Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles have climbed back into NFC East contention, back-to-back wins in division. Last week, they beat the New York Giants. This week, they got past the Washington Redskins, and the Redskins had another awful injury at quarterback, broken leg for Colt McCoy. That meant that Mark Sanchez came in and effectively – Everything went awry. Now, the positive for the Washington Redskins, I believe we have the play call of this 
the uh, the ageless wonder. Adrian Peterson went 90 yards for a touchdown. That was on the, I believe, the first play for Mark Sanchez after he entered the game. This is what that sounded like. Here is the play call as Adrian Peterson goes 90 yards. Sanchez in for the injured Colt McCoy. Adrian Peterson, the running back. He gives it to AP. Through a hole, 15-20 to the 30. AP to the races. 30, electrified. AP, 90 yards for a touchdown. Okay, that play, 90 yards. Incredible that Adrian Peterson at the age of 33 can still run away from everyone. He remains a medical marvel. So a 90-yard touchdown run by Adrian Peterson on the first play after Mark Sanchez comes in the game to replace Colt McCoy. For the rest of the game, 31 plays run by the Washington Redskins for a total of 89 yards and three points. Again, first play, 90-yard touchdown run by Adrian Peterson. Mark Sanchez then ran 31 more plays for a total of 89 yards and three points. Uh, That is a uh, break the glass, oh my God, let's go find uh, the fire extinguisher and try to put out the fire that is a disaster of the Washington Redskins offense. So in hour one, I floated the question. I said, first of all, you know you got two broken leg quarterbacks, so they're not coming back this year and they're probably not going to be ready in September. Maybe it makes sense to go ahead and uh, and sign a guy, certainly, to go along with Mark Sanchez. The available quarterbacks out there, E.J. Manuel, T.J. Yates, Kellen Clemens, Josh Johnson, Nathan Peterman, Matt Moore, Paxton Lynch, there's nobody out there that's really very accomplished. And so I said maybe it makes a sense to break the glass and go get Colin Kaepernick, particularly if you are the Washington Redskins right now and you have been getting raked over the proverbial coals via your decision to sign Reuben Foster, which was a major point of awkward discussion last night during the Monday Night Football broadcast. And so I even said that if you were Dan Snyder, you could potentially go sign Kareem Hunt. You need a younger running back too. Maybe you want to pair Kareem Hunt with Darius Geis, who tore his ACL before the season started. And you can argue we're giving everybody a fresh start and all of the attention would go to your signing of Colin Kaepernick and nothing would go to anything else. Now, the irony of Colin Kaepernick going to work for the Redskins would be uh, interesting for the social justice warrior contingent, but I honestly don't think there is a better quarterback available out there. Now, I don't know if Colin Kaepernick wants to play football. I don't know if he's even still doing regular football drills. It could be a disaster for him if he actually came back into the league because it basically destroys his martyr image. But I think it would go a long way towards effectively ending the two-year disaster that the NFL got into surrounding the Colin Kaepernick protest. So those are my thoughts. And in particular, I'm going to open up the phone line. I believe, having watched that video, that Kareem Hunt deserves a second chance. You may not agree with me, That's certainly your right, but if I ran an NFL team and I thought we needed a running back for next season, based on what I've seen from Kareem Hunt, I would do my due diligence. I would sit down with him. I would figure out how much other stuff might be out there, and I would tell him that I have zero tolerance for any misbehavior on his part, 
He needs to understand this is his last chance. And I would sign him. And you guys may think, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I know we live in this era when everybody wants to climb up onto a soapbox and scream about how outraged they are. I'm not defending what Kareem Hunt did. I'm simply saying there are people who have done worse in the NFL. And if I were running an NFL team, my goal would not be to have everybody be choir boys on my team. It would be to find the best people who are good at football. And some of those people who are good at football have dark, troubling pasts that are uh, that are things that are not ideal. But I believe, and I continue to believe, that if you are not in jail, you are eligible to play football. And what I saw from Kareem Hunt on that video would not disqualify him from representing the Clay Travis uh, team, right? If I were rich enough to own an NFL team and the buck stopped with me, I would make the decision to go sign Kareem Hunt if I needed a running back and if I could convince myself through my investigation that there was nothing else out there. Nothing that I saw in that video made him unemployable forever. If you go watch that TMZ video, he shoved a guy, a man, who ran into a girl, and then he kicked the woman. His behavior was inappropriate. It was even, to a large extent, not defensible. But if he apologizes for it, and he's learned going forward that he can't put himself into those situations again, I'd be fine having him play for my team. Some of you disagree. Many of you may. 877-996-6369. I'll take your calls on this. Let me start by bringing in the crew. Danny G, would you sign Kareem Hunt for your team if you owned an NFL franchise? Well, I understand your argument, and it's obviously going to vary from team to team. For my favorite team, the Raiders, I would say no and it's just because the organization is going through a cleansing right now. You, When you were in Los Angeles and kind of busy on the TV lot a few weeks back, Mark Davis came out and admitted that that stench before and during and after the Redskins game was actually true because at the time the Raiders had been denying it, the players, the front office, and then now we find out that that actually did happen, the O-line having a beef with Carr because they didn't know how to quite get on the same page with – the anthem and what happened with uh, the president tweeting and all of that. So the Raiders since have been busy cleaning out their locker room. That's why their O-line looks completely different right now. And you know the mess they've been dealing with. And then two, Fred Blitnikoff, of course, the great wide receiver, his daughter was murdered in a domestic violence incident a while back, and they just opened Tracy's Place of Hope for battered women. So the Raiders for a long time have supported anti-domestic violence causes and so it would be strange I think for my favorite team to bring in any sort of player who has this on his resume what about you uh, Eddie Garcia uh for any player if I was my team if I'm the owner any player that I would consider uh signing that has had a history of domestic violence uh would have to really go above and beyond uh proving to me that he was a changed person, and uh, before I would even consider it, um, I'm, I, I do believe in second chances. But again, I I, I wouldn't be something where uh, you know I said, well, if you did step one, two, and three, then we could sign you. I, I would, all of the onus would be on him. He would have to show me that on his own, he has gone above and beyond to you know get counseling, treatment, everything, and then I would consider it. But it would be. A, a, a lot for him to have to do for me to think about it all right let me say this too the use of the term domestic violence and i do as well 
doesn't really apply to Kareem Hunt, okay? Domestic violence defined is a violent or aggressive behavior within the home, typically involving the violent abuse of a spouse or partner. Kareem Hunt didn't know this girl for more than a couple of hours. I think they met at the club and they brought her back. This is domestic violence. I think we use oftentimes the term synonymous with uh, what a, a man mistreating a woman. This is more accurately described, I think, as simply violence, right? It's, it, it's violence by, uh, by Kareem Hunt that the investigators, at least in the city of Cleveland is my understanding, reviewed this video, spoke to all the witnesses, and did not feel like they could prosecute a case based on what they saw here. So there is a substantial difference, I believe, between this and what Reuben Foster is accused of. Reuben Foster is accused of domestic violence directly involving a spouse or partner that has gone on for multiple months over a long and pro prolonged period. Kareem Hunt is effectively accused of violence. If this were if there were no woman involved in this video at all, if this was a hallway video and Kareem Hunt was shoving a man and he threw a punch or kicked a guy when he was on the ground, I don't even think this would be a story. I think the only reason this is a story is because there is a woman involved, right? Now But but don't I, you think that is appropriate? Well, do I mean, you, I don't. Do you view I, violence against a woman differently than violence against a man? Because I do. Whether that's right or wrong, I do. No, I I think that it is worse. I don't think there's any doubt. But it's not domestic violence under the definition of what domestic violence is, and therefore, I think if you look at the larger context of who is in the NFL right now, again, Joe Mixon did something worse on video. He violently assaulted a woman and broke her face uh, in a restaurant on video. And he plays running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyreek Hill pled guilty to strangling and choking uh, and punching his pregnant girlfriend. um, And he still plays in the NFL. So I, I am looking at this entirely from a legal perspective, right? I have represented as a criminal defense attorney people accused of all sorts of heinous acts, murder, uh, domestic violence, drug dealing, assault, uh, disorderly, like all these different things I have done. So I look at this from the perspective of someone who has represented as part of his job people who have been accused of heinous acts, right? And so I use the precedent of what exists already in the NFL, and I watched the video of Kareem Hunt and I thought it was obviously inappropriate behavior, but not criminal behavior. Uh, I think I agree with the Cleveland district attorney here that this would be a difficult case to prosecute. And so I think the standard that's being asked here, and I think it's not an easy question, and I think certainly there can be multiple answers and reasonable people can differ. How do you respond to behavior like this, which is not of a criminal nature, but is inappropriate? And how do you determine whether or not someone is able to play uh, football? They clearly have the ability, like Kareem Hunt does, based on this behavior. I don't think it's an easy answer. I'm just saying I would sign him if I believed that he was going to change his behavior and not put himself into situations like this anymore. If we had a zero tolerance uh, status, if I owned a team, and if I believed that we needed somebody of his talents on my team. Do you agree with me, or do you think I'm crazy? 
You can be both. <laughs> uh, 877-996-6369. We'll go to your phone calls. Again, that phone number, 877-996-6369. We also have, by the way, uh, a, a huge number of you who have weighed in on Twitter. 30,000 of you have voted in our Twitter poll. Would you be okay with your team signing Kareem Hunt? 53% of you said yes. I tend to think if 53% say yes right now, that a month from now, it would be well over 60%, right? People in the immediate aftermath of any incident are most likely to be angry, and that anger will fade over time if you believe that a guy or girl is, uh, is taking responsibility for their misbehavior and that they may have learned from it. What are the limits of redemption? Should Kareem Hunt be on an NFL team? Would you sign him if you were an owner? I don't really have any interest in you breaking down the individual opinions of particular teams. I want you to think about if you were an owner. You are the owner of NFL Franchise X. Would you sign Kareem Hunt? The buck is stopping at your desk. 877-996-6369. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. And I believe, do I have, uh, yes, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to do you do today. Up next, it's more of your calls, more of your reaction. What should happen with Kareem Hunt? This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back in. Outkick, about to take some of your calls. Uh, We are here in the Geico Outkick studios where car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Got a comment that I'm responding to right now. Cody Nelson says, You definitely seem to be a champion for women beaters and domestic violence apologists. This is one of the things that happens on social media. And here is my response to him. I believe social media is frequently a competition to see who can be the most outraged. Everybody wants to climb up onto their pedestal and compete to see who can be the most outraged by behavior. And I think that's not healthy for our society. I think it's really not. Because what it does is it leads to hyperbolic reaction. Oh, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. There is very little perspective. And this is me putting on my lawyer hat. And what I do is I look around the league and I look for precedent. And when I see this video with Kareem Hunt, I don't see it as very similar to Ray Rice. I think the Ray Rice video was far worse. Furthermore, I think that many people out there overreact because they think that's what people want to see from them. You aren't saying what you actually believe on social media. You are playing a character designed to show your social value. And I think that the leagues have drastically over-responded to social media in general. And I think so many people, even in my profession, are afraid to say, you know what, I watched the Kareem Hunt video 
and it wasn't ideal behavior. And I can certainly understand why the Kansas City Chiefs, who already employ Tyreek Hill, would immediately release Kareem Hunt. But if I were an NFL team owner, I'd watch this video. I'd meet with Kareem Hunt. If I were convinced that he had changed his behavior and he wasn't going to put himself into situations like this again, I'd 100% sign him. I don't think what happened in that video disqualifies him from playing in the NFL ever again. That's my personal opinion. You guys may disagree. But I don't think that saying, oh, you're going light on domestic violence. You don't care about, you like you like women beaters. No, it's stupid. The same, that was my issue with last night's getting on a moral high horse comments during Monday Night Football. And it was so awkward in the middle of the game if you were watching it. The game is a close one-score contest. There's actually an interception that's thrown during the game, and they're suddenly saying like, oh, it's unacceptable for Reuben Foster to be signed, and they're discussing that during the game. The NFL is a reflection of society. Society has an issue with violence in this country. There is far too much violence. Eddie Garcia said, well, isn't it worse that the woman is the victim here? I think a little bit. It's worse when a powerful man it uses as a victim a woman or a child. But if it were a much smaller man, it's still an incredibly violent act. I think we allow far too much violence in this country and we try to draw lines. My position would be violence is wrong regardless of who the victim is and trying to assess blame on violence is a challenging and shifting dynamic. If that video just had Kareem Hunt shoving a guy, it doesn't even make remotely the news. The fact that he shoved a guy and that guy hit the woman and then he walked over and kicked the woman while she was on the ground is why this is a story. But violence in general, if you put yourself into violent situations over and over again as an adult man, in my opinion, you are making a lot of bad decisions. So I said the other day, oh, like, it's amazing how many, how often people get in my social media and they're like, they want to fight. I can't believe you have that opinion. I would fight you if I saw you. But I'm 39 years old. Unless you are paying me or you are threatening members of my family or friends and they are in legitimate mortal peril, I'm not going to fight you. I make a living off my brain working really well. Why would I risk that? Why would I let you hit me in the head because I'm at a bar and you bumped into me and I'm going to get in a fight with you? That's stupid 18-year-old male behavior. And as you get older, you're like, man, so much of violence is just wasted effort and energy. And it has no root in reality. And as you get older, you also realize how often things that don't seem very violent can lead to awful results. Two college kids get in a fight at a bar. One of them hits the other one and he falls bad and he dies. It happens every year in this country. Not the punch, the fall. Boom, you happen to hit at the exact wrong angle on your head and you die. I think about that now as the father of three sons. I can't imagine dealing with a violent act like that. Violence is not right, but people make mistakes, and I don't believe you write them off forever. And I don't believe that means that you don't that you don't take uh, domestic violence serious or that seriously or any of those things. It just means that 
as a lawyer, you look at all the evidence, you consider all the precedent, and Kareem Hunt is nowhere near the worst actor in the entire NFL. So let's take your calls. Uh, but first, let me go ahead and bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking the world of sports. All right, Clay, we'll start with the Geico scoreboard. And on Monday Night Football, it was the Eagles beating the Redskins 28-13. Carson Wentz had 306 yards passing and two touchdowns in the victory. Both teams are now 6-6 six and six on the season, one game back of Dallas in the NFC East race. Redskins will have to go for the foreseeable future with Mark Sanchez as their quarterback after losing starter Colt McCoy last night to a broken fibula he's done for the year. McCoy had just replaced recently Alex Smith as starting quarterback after Smith was lost for the season with a broken leg. NBA games of note, Warriors over the Hawks, 128-111. Steph Curry in his second game back from injury had 30 points. He had 18 in the first quarter. Atlanta as a team had 17 points in the first quarter. Nuggets over the Raptors, 106-103. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double for Denver, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists. Denver is tied with the LA Clippers, the top record in the West, as they beat Toronto, the top team in the Eastern Conference. College basketball, number 10, Michigan State, knocks off number 18, Iowa, 92. 68. This report is brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios, where you see, where it's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. By the way, the other thing about this show. I'll talk about subjects that make everybody else in my industry cringe and run in the opposite direction. Because I think honest conversation matters in the world of sports and beyond. Vast, the vast majority of people who do a national talk show or a local talk show or write about sports or talk about sports will not touch Kareem Hunt other than to say it's awful and he's an awful human being and there's no place for domestic violence. Because they are afraid that if they say anything other than that, they're going to get attacked and somehow they're going to end up in trouble for not being angry enough about domestic violence. That's the truth. Every single If, if you gave truth serum to every single man in my industry, that's what he would say. There's nothing to be gained by me talking about this issue in a serious fashion. All I'm going to say is it's awful. No team should ever sign him. He's a horrible human being. I don't think that's helpful. I think that is what social media has led us to, is people getting on soapboxes and refusing to examine nuance, refusing to consider precedent, refusing to look at the larger uh, societal issues, and also refusing to look at other things that have happened in the NFL and put them into context as a reasonable, intelligent adult would. So that's what I'm trying to do on the show. You don't have to agree with me. As I always say, you can be wrong. Uh, let's go to uh, who's up first here. We got a bunch of your calls um, as we talk about the Kareem Hunt incident. Let's start with uh, who should I start with? We got Mike and Modesto. Mike and Modesto, what you got? Clay, let me just say this first before I get to Hunt. You're right. Diehard Redskin fans hate Daniel Snyder and the team president who lives off his daddy's name. That's first of all. They have ruined this franchise. They fired the man that fixed it for him, then lied about it and said it was because of his drinking. It was only because he wanted to sign Kirk Cousins. That's why he was fired. And now, the last two years, we're decimated on the offensive line every year, it seems like. And I'll tell you this much. Kareem Hunt, now, you're absolutely right. The precedent is set. Ray Rice couldn't get a job because he was 30. He lost a step. Worst time it could have happened for him. Uh, now you've got this situation with the last two guys, yes, 
I hope they're right about the, the, uh, the guy that just signed Foster. That looks bad. But you know what? It's talent, like you say in your book. Talent gets second chances. It makes it worth it. Hunt. Some team is going to grab Hunt because of his talent. Be the first one to do it. You have to do it. Adrian Peterson did something just as heinous as Ray Rice. He beat a child with child abuse, and because yep. of his talent, he never he missed any time once he got off the suspension. It happens every day. I hate to explain it for everybody, Clay. You're absolutely right in your book. This is the best show because you put it out there. You covered your butt. You started your own company. Now you can't be fired. Thank you so much, Clay. You're the great. <laughs> Bye-bye. Mike and Modesto. Lesson that I give to everybody out there. You will always be employed so long as your talent exceeds your problems. The reason why Ray Rice was not employed was because he was a running back approaching the age of 30 years old and he had averaged 3.4 yards per carry the year before. If he had been 22, I think he'd be back in the league. I really do. Uh, The risk and reward was not there because the reward wasn't there. The payoff for Ray Rice wasn't substantial enough. Now, my issue with Ray Rice is that everybody focused on the NFL and the video and didn't focus on the fact that New Jersey let him off with virtually no punishment at all, even though he's on video knocking out his fiance. Josh in North Carolina. What's up, Josh? Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Uh, I just want to say I agree with you about Kareem Hunt. I would uh, just go through and do a more thorough investigation, I think, uh, because of him misrepresenting himself to the Chiefs organization, which I can understand, but making sure there's been no more incidents like the one that happened uh, that could potentially come yeah, back and, and, and blow back. I, I agree it. 100% with you, Josh, there. And also, I, I love people who are like, well, he lied to the organization. Well, first of all, do you expect him to say, yeah, I, I, I shoved the woman into the wall and then I kicked her? What happened, Kareem? Did you shove this woman and did you kick her in the in the hallway? No, 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 that's not what happened. Okay, thanks. Like, of course he lied. You lie when, if you don't lie, you face severe consequences. This is like the number one rule of humanity. People are like, well, he lied to the NFL and he lied to the Chiefs. Well, yeah, because he was guilty of a uh, of an act that he knew was going to get him suspended for a bunch of different games. Go to prison. How many people there did it? Now you walk through a prison, there's an awful lot of misdiagnosed and misconvicted people there. Nobody did anything. It's the number one response anytime you're facing serious uh, consequences for your action. No, I didn't do it. You got to prove that I did it. Mark in California, he never thought the video would come out. He may not have even known there was a video from that hallway. Uh, Mark in California, what's up? Yeah, so first point, if I'm an owner, I'm going to employ him. Second, I agree with you, Clay, that it's not domestic violence. Everyone keeps using that term and Calling that incident, uh, incident domestic violence is like calling it sexual assault. It's, it's neither of those. It's more along the lines of a simple assault. Lastly, you know, I work for a Fortune 500 company, and it's a, a trend within companies to hold people accountable for off-the-field behavior. And you see a lot of people getting caught in these viral videos. And next thing you know, you see that they lost their job. And my company does it. A lot of other Fortune 500 companies do it. So it's, it's not too surprising to see the ramifications for Kareem on this. However, is it right? Is it wrong? It, it is a trend among a lot of Fortune 500 companies to hold people accountable. They get caught in these viral videos. 
Yeah, and, and you're right. And I think that's instructive for a lot of people out there. You have to assume always that there's an eye and a sky on you because so much is, uh, is videoed in this day and age. I write in my book and I maintain that one of the big flaws that we have applied in the modern country today is this idea that what you say, now it's different to get caught uh, committing a crime, a physical act of violence, but we've created a world where every single day a company comes out and says, oh, what so-and-so said on Facebook or Twitter or their social media accounts doesn't represent the company and we're firing them. What idiot thought that a Facebook post by somebody when they're not at work represents the company? Like That's a real fallacy, I think, that exists in our country that is not healthy. And I think it leads to uh, anger and division and discord because people are like, when can I say what I actually believe? If you go on Facebook and you say something that's inappropriate, right, whatever that is, and then you end up getting fired from your company, what do they always say? The company always says, well, this, this opinion does not represent what our, country, what our company believes. When did anybody ever believe that it did? If you deliver a package to my house from FedEx and then you go uh, in your free time and you post on Facebook something politically scandalous and Facebook sees it uh, and it goes viral or whatever and FedEx is like, hey, this person doesn't represent FedEx. They can't work here anymore. Why does what you say in your private hours as a human being and as a citizen in this country reflect what your employer believes? Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that what I say Fox Sports Radio believes, right? I'm sharing my opinion every single day, all day long. The company doesn't have an opinion. This idea that the company has to distance itself from an opinion that somebody else has is a fundamentally broken idea. And I don't think it's helpful for our country. And I said it back in my book talking about Kurt Schilling and Jamel Hill. Like, they have the right to their political opinions, whether they're conservative or liberal. The idea that ESPN endorses either of those opinions, to me, is crazy. The company should not have an opinion. It should just employ people, and all those people have opinions, and some of them you agree with, and some of you don't. Uh, as my mom used to say, opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one. Anwar in North Carolina, what's up? Good morning, Clay. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I disagree a little bit about the Kareem Hunt situation because if, let's say, if there's a policy in NFL for uh, no tolerance, zero yep. tolerance policy. So if you do something knowing that policy, you should not be employed. Okay, again. I don't have any, let me, let me say this. I don't have any problem with the Kansas City Chiefs releasing him. I'm saying he serves the consequences for violating the policy. Does he deserve to come back in and get a job in the league going forward? That's the question I think that's out here right now. But the thing is, the NFL supersedes all the company, I mean, all the teams. Then, if there is an NFL policy, teams have to follow that policy. So that's Correct. what I meant. That if, if somebody does something, I mean, this is not like, okay, I can kill one time, the next time I won't do it because I found out it's a bad thing. Same thing with uh, Rice. Every, every NFL person or person who's watching NFL knows that is wrong, and you still do it knowing that what happened was wrong. Let's say... You so okay, let me let me take a step back, Anwar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let yeah. me just ask you this: What would you do? Do you think Kareem Hunt should never play in the NFL again? 
I'm not making the policy personally. I mean, if there is an NFL policy, if there is no, like, a zero tolerance, you follow that. If they say, no, okay, we can give him one, cho- one chance of rehab and stuff, that's fine. I mean, I follow that policy. I mean, I'm just saying you follow the policy of something which has been created. You don't make another uh, loophole to that policy. Okay, next time the other team may hire him after he does another thing. They say, well, if he does it to our, when he's on our yeah, team, I then we'll fire him again. Yeah, it's a good call. Thank you. But the policy is if you commit an act of domestic violence – and again, it's an interesting question here that I haven't heard anybody else point out. This is not technically domestic violence. This is a violent act of assault or battery, depending on what the uh, what the definitions of the law are in Cleveland and in the state of Ohio. It's not an act of domestic violence. He didn't know this woman. Domestic violence typically is a relationship-based crime predicated on knowing someone for a longer period of time. This is just an act of violence. So I'm not even sure that the NFL's domestic violence policy directly applies here. Uh, It is a violent act directed towards a woman, but it's not under the definition of what typically is defined as domestic violence, that. And so even if you expand it and assume that it is under the auspices of the NFL's domestic violence incident, it might only require a six-game suspension. So after that six-game suspension, he is then eligible to play in the NFL. And the question I am asking is, would you sign him on your team after he serves his suspension? He's not going to play the rest of this year and maybe the first couple of games the next year. We'll continue to talk about this, 877-996-6369. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. Let me go ahead and tell you, we got major breaking news legit breaking news we don't have breaking news that often real time early in the morning on the show welcome back to the geico outkick studios and it's never a good look when you untuck a long bulky dress shirt that's why untuck it makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked go to untuckit.com to see the new fall arrivals untuckit.com your solution to perfecting casual use promo code clay that's c-l-a-y for 20 percent savings cue the news boys the breaking news sounder here we go news from Fox Sports. News out. The university has released news that Urban Meyer is retiring and Ryan Day is being promoted as the new coach at Ohio State. Urban Meyer's final game will be the Rose Bowl against Washington. He will then retire. So that is uh, something that I've been predicting on this show for several months that Urban Meyer would not return next year. And that news is officially out now. Ryan Day, who served as the interim while Urban Meyer was serving his suspension to begin this season, will now take over for Ohio State. Questions uh, that are going to be substantial as we unpack all of this. And uh, and we'll open up phone lines. Well, So we were talking about Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt discussion is now tabled as we have major breaking news with Urban Meyer announcing that he is stepping down. They're going to have a press conference today at Ohio State. What I have also predicted, and you can go back and listen to old tapes here, I have said that Urban Meyer would step down, that I believe that was the most likely thing we would that he would do, and then he would sit out a year, and then he would take over at USC because that would follow the pattern that he had set at Florida. Florida Gators... Urban Meyer comes in, wins a couple of national championships, is dominant, and wins at an incredibly high level. And then the program that he built, the foundation, starts to collapse around him, and he suddenly has health issues, 
and he says, I've got to retire. I can't keep this up. He sits out for a year, and then he takes over Ohio State. He builds Ohio State up rapidly. They win the first college football playoff national championship. And then for Urban Meyer's third national championship overall. And then he can't quite get back there again to those heights. And now the foundation of his program starts to crumble around him. Urban Meyer is leaving Ohio State again. Dwayne Haskins, one of the three Heisman finalists, he may go pro. Talk about the Washington Redskins. We were talking about the Redskins needing a quarterback now in the wake of Colt McCoy and the Alex Smith injury. Would it be shocking if they went and drafted Dwayne Haskins, who is from that area? Ohio State then goes back in, has to rebuild around Ryan Day. Who knows what they'll do on the defensive side of the ball. I'd be surprised if he retains Greg Schiano, given how bad the defense has been at times. Ryan Day will get the opportunity now to stamp this program as his own. Again, if you're just waking up, major breaking news, Urban Meyer has uh, announced that he is retiring from Ohio State and Ryan Day is going to replace him. The question immediately that spins forward for anybody, and we'll talk to Petros Papadakis about this in the next uh, in the next segment, is could Urban Meyer be doing the same thing with Ohio State that he did with Florida, leave right as the foundation around him crumbles, sit out for a year, blame his health, get healthy, and then what job could be coming open? USC. The platform seems to fit almost perfect, perfectly, right? You got the Pac-12 conference, which is frankly not of national significance right now. Overall, not that impressive. Similar, frankly, to what the Big Ten was when he went to Ohio State. The Big Ten now has become a higher echelon conference. James Franklin rolling at Penn State. Jim Harbaugh doing decently at Michigan. Mark, uh, Mark D'Antonio doing well at Michigan State over the years. There are a lot, Scott Frost now coming in at Nebraska. There are a lot of coaches starting to do pretty well in the Big Ten. Jump ship, go out to the Pac-12 where you could dominate at USC and everybody else would not be on your level. That's my philosophy. I don't buy it. I think Urban Meyer's 56, still relatively young. I don't buy that he'll never coach again. Maybe he'll retire forever. I don't necessarily buy it. We'll go continue to talk about this. We'll open up the phone lines for you, 877-996-6369. Again, major breaking news, Urban Meyer stepping down as Ohio State football coach. We are reacting to it in real time when we return for the top of hour three. This is Outkick, the coverage. Thanks for spending your Tuesday with us on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in to hour number three. If you're just waking up across the country, major breaking news in the last 20 minutes. Urban Meyer has been announced or has announced he's retiring at Ohio State. Urban Meyer done at Ohio State and now Ryan Day will be taking over. Ryan Day um, is the interim coach who coached Ohio State to three straight victories during an Urban Meyer suspension before the season began. Urban Meyer stepping down, blaming health reasons. It's eerily similar. It is a reflection. It is a, uh, a reinforcement almost of exactly what happened at Florida. The program's foundation started to crumble around him. And Urban Meyer suddenly has health issues and has to make the decision to leave. And so the immediate question that everybody faces here is a couple of things. One, how is Ryan Day going to do? What staff will he put together? 
what will he be able to do now that Ohio State is being handed to him? Somebody go look. Uh, Dub, you look this up for me if you would. When is the last time that Ohio State gave their job to a head coach who had never been a head coach before? Jim Tressel, I believe, was at Youngstown State. John Cooper had been a head coach before. Urban Meyer obviously had been a head coach before. I'm not counting Luke Fickle because he was an interim. I don't know how long it has been. Somebody look it up. Uh, That is a little bit of a risky move. Now, in so doing, in promoting Ryan Day, they are basically following the same model that Oklahoma followed. If you remember what Oklahoma did... Bob Stoops, national championship winning coach at Oklahoma, steps down. Immediately, Lincoln Riley takes over. Young, offensive, hotshot assistant. And they have been on fire on the offensive side of the ball ever since. Been to two straight college football playoffs now with Lincoln Riley. That is your, you don't have to be a head coach to take over a premier program and become a stud example. Another one easily, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart took over at Georgia, has clearly, notwithstanding the 4th and 11 decision and the collapse against Alabama the last two years, Kirby Smart has clearly been one of the best straight-from-coordinator to head coach hires in recent college football history. But the easiest precedent to point to, I think, is Oklahoma because that's what, in an ideal sense, uh, Ohio State would hope that they can do. Not skip a beat maybe even accelerate and be even better than they were before. And certainly there is the precedent of Ryan Day having coached for three games and having seen already what he can do. So we will see whether or not Ryan Day can take uh, the next step and be akin to what we saw from Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Now for Urban Meyer, that's question one. Question one is the future of the Ohio State program. Also, this ties in with a lot of the rest of the Big Ten. I think if you're James Franklin waking up this morning, you're excited at Penn State. I think if you are Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, you're excited at Michigan. You never beat this guy. Maybe you got a better chance against Ryan Day. I think if you are an Ohio State fan, you're cautiously optimistic with Ryan Day. You probably want him to go out and fix the defense because you feel pretty good about the offensive side of the ball with uh, everything else. So that is uh, the way that I would break this down from the Ohio State and the Big Ten perspective. He's a big loss for the Big Ten. Anytime you have a national championship winning coach like Urban Meyer, remember, with Urban Meyer retiring, this will mean that pending the outcome of this college football playoff, there are now only three coaches that have ever won national championships coaching right now in college football well let me take a step back Mac Brown is coming back so Mac Brown has won a national championship he will be at UNC uh, and he has won a national championship but there are only three coaches at programs that seem like they could contend for a national championship going forward Nick Saban has obviously won a ton Dabo Sweeney at Clemson Jimbo Fisher has moved to Texas A&M seems to be building the Aggies back to a championship level we'll see finishes eight and four Uh, tied for second place in the Big Ten West, and Mack Brown, and now Urban Meyer is gone. Now, the other question that is going to loom significant on the horizon here is, outside of Ohio State, is Urban Meyer actually done? Urban Meyer is only 56 years old, I believe. 
you guys can confirm that he was only 56 years old. Let me circle back, by the way. I asked this question of Dub. Paul Bixter, Paul Bixler, is the last Ohio State coach to be named without any head coaching experience. He got hired all the way back in 1946 to coach Ohio State, and he only spent one year as a head coach. He had been an assistant at Colgate and Ohio State prior to his one year at Ohio State. So uh, this is a little bit of a risky move, given that he has never been, that is Ryan Day, a head coach on his own before. So uh, now, the other conversation that goes on here is, I think, a substantial one. What is Urban Meyer going to do? Is Urban Meyer going to stay retired? You can go back to the tape on this show, and we'll talk about this with Petros Papadakis coming up next. I said a couple of months ago that if you paid attention to Urban Meyer's history, that I believed Urban Meyer would be retiring in this offseason. And he obviously is retiring. He'll coach his final game in the Rose Bowl against Washington. And I said, if you follow Urban Meyer's history, when he retired at Florida, he set out for one year, and then he went to a new conference and took the Ohio State job. All I'm saying is, what is the most premier program in America in a conference that Urban Meyer has not coached in that is likely to have, potentially, a head coaching vacancy at the end of this season? Coming up, the 2019 season. It's USC. So if Urban Meyer were going to coach again, the ghost of Urban Meyer's coaching past is going to be shadowing everything that Clay Helton does now. Because I think a lot of people, as they wake up on the West Coast, a lot of SC fans, a lot of Trojans are thinking, there's our guy. We should pay Urban Meyer whatever he needs. Let him sit out for a year. Let him get his health back in shape. And then we can replicate the exact same pattern that we saw at Florida, now at Ohio State, and potentially now at USC. Get Urban into that Southern California weather. Let him deal with a conference that is on its death legs right now. Let's be honest. The Pac-12 is clearly the fifth most major conference in college sports right now. Zero doubt that the Pac-12 which was almost completely irrelevant in their Friday night Pac-12 title game. 20,000 fans there between Utah and Washington. Nobody cared about that Pac-12 championship game. It's a relatively weak conference, much like the Big Ten was when Urban Meyer arrived. Urban Meyer helped to build the Big Ten conference back to a high level of prominence. Urban Meyer got there, then James Franklin leaves, Uh, from Vanderbilt, goes to Penn State, builds up a Big Ten championship caliber team. Mark D'Antonio, I feel like, was elevated by his games against Urban Meyer on the national stage. Jim Harbaugh comes in to try to compete with Urban Meyer. Nebraska hires Scott Frost. It's a lot of good young coaching talent, a lot of good programs in the Big Ten that have gotten much better since Urban Meyer first went to Ohio State. And as a result... Ohio State's ability to be head and shoulders above everybody else at in the Big Ten was diminished. What Urban Meyer effectively did at Ohio State was build an SEC caliber program at Ohio State, and he won so many games by just dominating everybody else in the Big Ten because they didn't have the same caliber of talent as him. He had SEC caliber talent. They did not, and as a result, Urban Meyer won at an incredibly high level. 
But what started to happen? They started to have major cracks in their foundation. If you look at what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, the defensive side of the ball started to fall apart. I mean, that's just the truth. The defensive side of the ball in the last six uh, road games allowed 55 points to Iowa, which cost last year Ohio State a chance to get into the college football playoff. They then allowed uh, over 49 points or 49 points to Purdue this year and over 50 to Maryland. And so three of the last six games that Ohio State played on the road, they allowed 49 or more points against mediocre teams. Iowa mediocre, Maryland mediocre, and Purdue mediocre. So I think Urban Meyer's ability to be head and shoulders above everyone else had started to slip. And as a result, even though he got the win over Michigan and he gets the Big Ten title, I think even the most dyed-in-the-wool Buckeye fan would say, you know what, we did start to slip up a little bit. Urban Meyer was not as dominant with what he had going at Ohio State right now as he had been early in his tenure. And I don't think there's any doubt at all that that is, in fact, the case. And so as dominant as Urban Meyer was, and he was incredibly dominant at Ohio State, I think the question going forward is, what will Urban Meyer do now? Will he legitimately retire and never coach college football again, or will he find something else to do? He is only 54 years old. So Urban Meyer is still younger right now, I believe, than Nick Saban was when he took over at Alabama. So if he sits out for a year, Urban Meyer would be 55 years old, and that USC job could be coming open. Just worth keeping in mind, how good, by the way, was Urban Meyer at Florida? I'm going to read his exact uh, exact, uh, performance there. In, uh, what is it, four, five, six, seven years at Ohio State, Urban Meyer went 82-9 and overall and went 54-4 and in the Big Ten. 54-4. and Here is Urban Meyer's finishing numbers in the division. First, 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 tied for first, tied for first, first, tied for first. That's Urban Meyer in his division in the Big Ten. Um, And here is Urban Meyer's finishing year uh, record in terms of the poll. They finished 10th, 1, 4, 6, 5, and we'll see where they finish. So every year... After his first, uh, when they were, uh, they've been basically top 10 every year that Urban Meyer was at Ohio State. So a very uh, big name to replace, but again, it's eerily similar. Urban Meyer spent six years at Florida and then retired for health-related reasons. Urban Meyer now spending seven years at Ohio State and then retiring for health-related reasons partly. Will he sit out for another year and then go elsewhere? We will talk about this with Petros Papadakis up next, uh, one of the foremost experts on USC in the country. We will talk about that with Petros Papadakis, continue to unpack the major news of the morning. Again, breaking while we've been live on the air, Urban Meyer stepping down as the head coach of Ohio State. He will coach the Rose Bowl game against Washington and then be replaced by Ryan Day. And uh, we will see what ends up happening 
with the Ohio State program and again as we're assessing where Urban Meyer might go and what he might do live in real time as this news has broken. Uh, up next, we'll talk with Petros Papadakis. But first, send a holiday gift that families across America have loved for over 100 years, Omaha Steaks. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an amazing limited-time offer to my listeners. When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code TRAVIS, that's T-R-A-V-I-S, into the search bar, you will get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally $195, now only $49.99. Uh, you will get four hand-cut, aged to tenderness, top sirloin steaks, two savory premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four snappy kielbasa sausages, and all beef meatballs, uh, four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin, four made from scratch caramel apple tartlets, and you get four more burgers for free. I'm eating this food. It is fabulous. I absolutely love it. Uh, that again, what you need to do, you need to go to omahasteaks.com, type Travis in the search bar, and add the family gift package. Again, for $49.99, you are getting uh, $195 worth of steaks, and they are fantastic. I'm telling you, it is great. Don't wait. Offer in soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type Travis in the search bar, and send the Omaha Steaks family gift package today. Up next, Petros Papadakis, Urban Meyer retiring. We continue to unpack it. Live news breaking on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Taylor Swift is uh, the walk-up music for our boy Petros Papadakis. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is a confident show, particularly when we're about to be joined by Petros Papadakis. If you're just waking up across the country, major breaking news, Urban Meyer is resigning, retiring, whatever you want to call it. Ryan Day taking over as the next Ohio State coach. We'll continue to break that down. Petros Papadakis about to join us, but first... Let's find out from Eddie Garcia what else is shaking in the world of sports. Well, we'll tell you about Monday Night Football in Philadelphia where the Eagles beat the Redskins 28-13. Both teams are now 6-6 six six on the season. One game back of Dallas in the NFC East race. Big injury for the Redskins in that game as quarterback Colt McCoy was lost for the year with a broken fibula. He'll be replaced, at least in the short term, by Mark Sanchez. Of course, McCoy had replaced Alex Smith, who was lost for the year, uh, as their quarterback with a broken fibula a couple of weeks ago. Quick couple of scores from the NBA War Warriors over the Hawks, 128-111. Steph Curry, 30 points for the Warriors. Nuggets beat the Raptors, 106-103. Nikola Jokic, a triple-double for Denver. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists. Denver's tied with the Clippers, the top record in the West, as they beat Toronto, the top team in the East. The NHL season continues tonight with the surprising Buffalo Sabres hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs at 7.30 Eastern. It's our Discover Card key matchup. Speaking of matchups, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar. At the end of your first year, learn more at discover.com slash match. Match. limitations apply back to clay travis and the geico outkick the coverage studios let's go ahead and bring in the man the myth the legend petros papadakis uh let me go ahead and figure out if i got any more ad reads that i need to do as i go to break here uh we are coming to you live from the geico outkick studios where it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier we bring in now petros papadakis petros your reactions as uh as urban meyer steps down 
Well, I guess I'm not super surprised seeing the way that the year played out and kind of the public backlash and then also the local support and the tenure that he had in Florida was, what, six or seven years, and now this is seven years, and he's not getting any younger. He didn't seem very happy throughout the year, so that makes sense. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of rumors as to where he's going to surface, like the Cleveland Browns, and somebody said something about USC, some guy in Nashville. I don't know <laughs> what he's talking I, I, about. I said, this, I said this a couple of months ago. I said if you follow the history of Urban Meyer as a head coach, right, if you follow what he has typically meant and what he has typically said, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, what Urban Meyer has done at, at Florida as the program started to uh, started to go down, right, and I think there's no doubt, even though Ohio State won the Big Ten this year, I think even the most dyed-in-the-wool Buckeye fan would have to say, you know what, the program did not seem like it was on very solid foundation this year. Uh, they were fortunate, Ohio State was, to win the title. Look, they, they got a late win against Penn State. They survived the two-point conversion try against Maryland. They, they won a lot a of close year. games. They beat the crap out of Maryland. Uh, they out of had Michigan. a great year. Yes, but you didn't feel, at least I didn't, especially with Dwayne Haskins likely to leave, I don't feel like Ohio State was the same kind of dominant team that they have been in the past. And I think the defense has kind of fallen apart. So, anyway, if you follow the precedent for what he did at Florida, leaves Florida, says, I don't have good health, I'm going to sit out, maybe I'm going to retire, never coach again, sits out one year, less than that even, and he then takes the out. Ohio State job. games. Yeah, but he worked. Yeah. He worked for ESPN. But he was basically sitting out, it seemed to me, waiting for that Ohio State opportunity. He got it. We know how much pressure is going to be on Clay Helton. Is it not an easy uh, kind of uh, line to follow that if Urban sits out for another year, that he would be the first call that USC would make if Clay Helton doesn't have a good year in 19? Well, first, you have the overriding university issues of abuse with a gynecologist on campus. You know about that, right? Yeah, and that's a massive issue that affects the university at large uh, in a substantial way. And and Urban Meyer... So you think because of the not turning in uh, over that situation? Well, he he has many detractors in the world of uh, being complicit toward that sort of thing. Yes. At Florida and at Ohio State. But... That being said, I think USC and their situation is the way it is because they won't hire a coach with the chops of Urban Meyer. They didn't want Chris Peterson. They don't want somebody that's going to come in there and change the foundation of what they have created. USC does not operate like most athletic departments. That's why they're in trouble. They have people that are there inside the athletic department. Nobody knows their name really publicly, and they're holding on to power. And that's why they didn't hire Greg Byrne when he was at Arizona. Now he's at Alabama doing great. That's why they didn't hire Chris Del Conte, who was at TCU. Now he's at Texas doing great. They could have had those ADs. Those ADs wanted to be there. They could have had Chris Peterson. He wanted to be there. When are people going to figure out that USC doesn't want a powerful voice? Now, 
in one year from now, if USC has a new university president and they've started to root out some of their old guard, the people that enabled Pat Hayden and, and Lynn Swan extending Clay Helton when no one else was going to hire him, if that is the case a year from now, then maybe what you're saying is true. But under USC's current structure, there's no way they'd take a guy like Urban Meyer, good or bad, because they don't want him to move their cheese to change their their country club. Urban Meyer is only 54 years old. Granted, he's had health issues at Florida, and now he has health issues at Ohio State. You seem to be bypassing the health issues like you don't believe them. Uh, it's not that I don't believe them. It's that I don't believe they stop him from being a coach. You know, they, they do seem to pop up whenever there's controversy or the stri- Whenever things are not going well for Urban Meyer, it seems like his health gets brought up. Remember back in the day when uh, it seemed like uh, Michael Jordan, whenever he was like sick or a little bit injured, like he never limped after he made a shot, right? But every time Jordan would miss a shot, he would limp back, he would cough, you know, if he was sick. Like it was like he wanted you to know, hey, I'm not 100%. Like LeBron with the with the wrist brace after the finals. Yes, exactly like LeBron with the, with the freaking cast after the finals. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, just so you know, I'm lucky to like he had to put the cast on to go to the post game press conference, right? Like right. it was such a dramatic thing. You couldn't wait, you know, 24 more minutes and put the cast on. You had to get the cast put on before you went for the the post game press conference. Um, it does seem like every time Urban Meyer is having stress or things are not going smoothly, like I said, I didn't ever notice him on the sideline during the Michigan game look like he was near death um, at any point in time. Whereas throughout the entirety of the Maryland game, you would have thought the guy was on the deathbed. So I do think that the health conditions, and look, if he sits out for a year, he claimed that he got healthy uh, during the year that he set out uh, after Florida. Maybe he's going to get healthy again in the year that he sits out. I just find it hard to believe that he's fully done with coaching at the age of 54. Do you also find that hard to believe? Yes. I think you make a good point. So and because he was such a joyless broadcaster when he yeah. did do TV. Yeah, he wasn't John Madden, right? It wasn't like he got in the booth and you were like, oh, wow, this guy's got a lot of verve and vitality. Man, it's clear like he was like thoroughly uh, like just boring as a broadcaster. Well, he was with a very good broadcaster, I always think, in Chris Spielman. Yeah. But one thing Spielman barely does is smile. Yeah. On camera. And Urban Meyer was so, like, mean and stone faced. I mean, they'd come on camera before a game, and I'd be like, you know, what is this? This is like an <laughs> SAT. This is terrible. Uh, he did. He did seem like he was like a proctor of giving you an exam at your uh, at your high school. Uh, and 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 stern Urban Meyer. So let's go to the Big Ten now. Okay, Urban Meyer is out of the picture right now. How do you think Ryan Day will do? I think he'll do fine uh, for a while, but and I think they'll be very good and dominant because they're Ohio State. They'll be very good getting people in there. It'll be interesting to see if they still have the gravity and cachet, you know, by 2021, 2020. That'll really tell the tale. But those people are spoiled, and they want immediate success. So this guy's 
probably automatically on the hot seat, which is unfortunate for him. But any, I mean, if they lose to Purdue, people are going to want him fired. Yes. If they go to Iowa and, and give up a 50-burger, people are going to want him fired. If they lose or win against Maryland in overtime, people are going to want him to be fired. So he's on thin ice, <laughs> and uh, it might just be an uphill battle no matter what. All right, so if you are a Big Ten fan of Penn State, Michigan State, Nebraska, certainly Michigan, good news for you or bad news for you? This is great. What kind of question is that? I, Do you I, want to I, play I, defense or offense when overtime starts? This is great news. One of the great football coaches in the history of uh, this century is retiring from your conference. So you know he's probably not going to take another job in the conference. So if I'm Scott Frost, Harbaugh, Brom, anybody, uh, <laughs> Franklin, uh, 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 PJ Fleck, I'd be I'd be having a, a, a beer right now and 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 playing some music and dancing a little bit. It's a great thing. The reason why I ask this is because it sounds like crazy talk, but Oklahoma's actually gotten better in the first two years since Bob Stoops left. And with Lincoln Riley. Is and Lincoln I Riley thought, at Ohio State? Well, I thought the first three years as an interim for Ryan Day, the first three games, sorry, that Ohio State looked better offensively than they looked for the rest of the year. Now, you can say, well, that's just because people caught up to what they were doing. There's certainly a lot of other things out there. But Lincoln Riley has taken Oklahoma football to another level since Bob Stoops left. Is it possible that the same thing could happen for Ryan Day. That's the reason why I ask, is this good or bad? Because I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like Urban Meyer was a cloud in some ways, given what happened off the field on the Ohio State program, and Ryan Day now gets to come in with a clean slate and already really good talent, right? Yeah. Uh, now, you might be right for three or four years down the road. We don't know if he'll identify and continue to recruit at the same level that Urban Meyer did. But in the meantime, that program's pretty stacked that he's taken over. That's a positive way to spin it. And, you know, you could say that about Clay Helton. I mean, the guy's the coach at USC. So they recruit the best talent, and the best talent comes in. But since we're talking about recruiting, I'd much rather, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, recruit against Ryan Day, who nobody knows what that guy looks like, than Urban Meyer. I'd much rather walk into somebody's living room if I'm Scott Frost, uh, the day after Ryan Day does, as opposed to the day after Urban Meyer. Uh, controversies aside, name recognition and being famous means a lot to these young guys. And that's gone now from Ohio State, which is not to say Ryan Day can't have success. I just think it's a, good, it's a very interesting angle you ask about those coaches uh, about the impact on them, and the impact is all positive. Doesn't mean Ohio State's still not a beast in the room, but I'd much rather recruit against that guy than Urban Meyer. Do you think Urban Meyer would have retired if the off-the-field incidents never come up? Right, no. It's hard to know for sure, but if we never have any of the uh, – any of the ridiculous surrounding uh, surrounding the domestic violence incidents and what his assistant coaches knew and what they didn't know. Do you think there's any way he retires right now? Well, since we're talking about it in this kind of soulless way, 
and I do not know him, and I'm not close to the situation at Ohio State, my answer would be just reading the tea leaves from far away. No, I don't think so. I think whatever it is took a toll on him and took a toll on him personally and physically or or whatever it is you want to take from the stories and the praise and adulation he's received, and he's going to give it up. But, But it's hard to believe he's done with coaching. I agree with what you're saying. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. Follow him at Petros and Money, also at The Old P. He's AM570 LA Sports. Many of you will in the LA area will be listening to him in the afternoon as you drive home. He's starting the morning off with us. Appreciate him getting up. Uh, all right, uh, let's leave behind Urban Meyer here for a sec. Your thoughts, final question for you. Your thoughts on the college football playoff. Did the committee get it right? Yeah, I think so. Were you one of those arguing for Georgia from your bunker in the south yeah but i i thought that uh that the fourth and 11 call and and in particular the performance against lsu i wrote yesterday that i think the committee got it right um i i think georgia you know if they are upset they have only themselves to blame for their performance against lsu and for what i thought was the heinous absurd ridiculous decision to go with a fake punt on fourth and 11 in a tie game uh so i thought georgia had their opportunity squandered it i think the committee got it right Certainly didn't look very good that fake punt, did it? Oh, it was a. Dis- I mean, when you bring in your backup quarterback uh, to be on the punt team, uh, it's kind of a red flag. You know, it's kind of a hey, you know, like it's, it's drawing attention to the fact that you're doing something different than you would ordinarily be doing. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed the game. I almost wanted to text you in the middle of the game. Uh, the greatest team in the history of college football is struggling a little bit right now. Yes. I think uh, you prematurely do things like that. It's part of your nature. That's okay. But I I like Oklahoma. Their defense leaves a lot to be desired, but they played pretty well against a really tough Texas team and a team that's getting better and better in Texas. I think they'll be very formidable next year as far as the playoff goes if Ellinger can remain healthy. But Oklahoma certainly, like you said, they're another level offensively. Uh, Clemson's earned it. Uh, Notre Dame, they're not going to keep them out if they're undefeated, and they are. And Alabama's been the class of football all year, despite you know the eight conference games and, and that whole thing that kind of bothers me about the lack of uniformity that we have in the, in the playoff. That's been argued and talked about forever. I wish we had more of a playoff so more of the country could be involved. Uh, Six or eight games I'd appreciate. But as far as this year, yeah, I think they got it right. I don't like the two SEC teams get in. But if Georgia beats Alabama, I understand why it would have happened. Good stuff. As always, Petros Papadakis, good luck with Urban Myers, your next USC coach, as if L.A. needed more drama. I think that'll give you something to talk about today. Yeah, fight on to you. At Pedros and Money at the Old P. Go follow him on Twitter. We come back. More Urban Meyer reaction. Again, breaking news. Urban Meyer stepping down as Ohio State head football coach. Ryan Day taking over. We will continue to unpack. We'll open up the phone lines if you have any questions. We'll talk with the crew. 877-996-6369. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. 
Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by MyBookie.net. Football is coming down the home stretch. It's time to get in on the action with MyBookie.net. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes only, void where prohibited. I can't believe that Ohio State didn't promote Greg Schiano. They went with Ryan Day. I thought last year all those brilliant college football media that were mad at Tennessee fans because they didn't want Greg Schiano to be their head coach, the defensive coordinator at Ohio State who's going to get fired now by Ryan Day. I thought that all of those people in college football media were convinced that Greg Schiano was the greatest college football coach of all time and that Tennessee fans were idiots. Oh, oh, maybe Tennessee fans were right and they don't want to admit it. I got Joel Klatt all triggered on Twitter. He's firing away tweets at me. Early in the morning, Joel Klatt up defending Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano is not a very good coach. Ohio State fans don't even want him to be their defensive coordinator. All these jobs that are open, nobody's hiring Greg Schiano. Guy's not a good coach. Guy's not a good choice. Remember how mad people were at Tennessee last year? Ohio State, they got a new job opening. Who can they hire? Anybody. Oh, they went with Ryan Day. Specifically in Pete Thamel's story, it says that does not mention Greg Schiano as being sh- uh, safe to get to keep his job. Maybe some of these national media owe an apology to Tennessee fans and to me. Wouldn't that be painful for them? To have to admit that I was wrong, all, that I was right all along and they were wrong? Oh, it'd be incredible. Take some of your calls, 877-996-6369. Tyler in South Carolina. What's up, Tyler? Are our phones not working again? Is my mic on? Am I actually on the air? Yeah, you're on the air. The question yeah, I Tyler. think, uh, the question, yeah, of course. The question that I think is out there that's hanging around is, I'll go to UW instead. Do you buy into my theory that Urban Meyer is going to sit out for a year and become the next coach at USC? I definitely, I could see that. I'm I, I, While I've been listening, I've been kind of thinking of other programs that, big programs that may have openings coming up. And the only one I can think of is, you know, maybe OU if Lincoln Riley decides to go to the NFL. He could sit out a year or two, and that could be another job he could potentially take. Yeah, I just I don't necessarily know that I buy Lincoln Riley going to the NFL. I think the decision Lincoln Riley will have to make about the NFL is this. Are Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray two transcendent meteors streaking across the college football night sky that Lincoln Riley just happened to have there at Oklahoma to be the perfect captains of his offense? Or has he created such a successful system that while Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield may be incredibly talented quarterbacks, he believes anybody can succeed in that system? Like Steve Spurrier back in the day when he had the fun and gun running at Florida, it didn't matter who his quarterback was. He had created a system that would work for everyone. Now, Danny Werfel ran it better than anybody did, but every quarterback that Steve Spurrier had was pretty successful in that system. So does Lincoln Riley think there's a next man up factor for after Kyler Murray? If so, then staying at Oklahoma is perfectly fine. If not, if he thinks he caught lightning in a bottle and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray are transcendent and there's not an easy example of them again, then I think he could decide to go to the NFL because his his uh, stature would never be hotter. And certainly with the success Sean McVay is having, 
right now is the time if you have any kind of college football big time scoring pedigree to be heading to the NFL that's the reason why I think Cliff Kingsbury may not take the USC offensive coordinator job I think there's a decent chance he jumps and goes to the NFL because he's so hot right now he feels like it could be a better setup Um, but the Urban Meyer thing that makes sense to me is he sits out for a year he's 54 years old he'll be 55 years old next year I just find it hard to believe that he is going to spend the rest of his life not coaching. And I thought Petros brought up that Urban Meyer was not that good in media. He wasn't like an incredibly electric television broadcaster. If he were John Gruden or if he were John Madden, I could see him becoming a guy who goes into the analyst realm and never goes back into coaching because he's just gotten his fill and also he's so good at TV I just I think a guy like Urban Meyer is going to want a challenge, and I think after sitting out for another year, his health is going to get back in uh, in whatever working order it needs to be, and he will be out there on the horizon looking for a job. And I just see USC and the Pac-12 in particular as a place that would be the perfect destination for him. Got a conference that is being left behind, much like the Big Ten when he went to Ohio State. You've got really the Pac-12 as a national afterthought. Urban Meyer, I think, could go to USC out in LA, recruit at an incredibly high level, win at an incredibly high level, and take advantage of a conference where, frankly, the quality of play is not that high overall, much like he did in the Big Ten. Build USC back up to a national title contender over the next four or five years, and then I could see Urban Meyer leaving. Then if you got USC back to national championship or national championship caliber after five or six years, I could see Urban Meyer leaving again and actually staying retired. Look, Urban Meyer went to Florida for six years, left because of health reasons. Urban Meyer now has gone to Ohio State for seven years and he's leaving for health reasons. The situations are eerily similar. I would just say if he sits out for a year, I think there's a very good chance that Urban Meyer ends up at a job like USC. I don't necessarily see him going to the NFL. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. We'll continue to unpack this story. I'll be talking about it on my Periscope and Facebooks. So we'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll probably talk about it on Lock It In as well, our FS1 show. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Urban Meyer! Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.